I'm an artist, and I'm always looking at other people's art, and I love to see the different styles and you know different colors and how people interpret what they see, and when they put it on canvas, you know what their interpretation is of that. I was coming across a website called Wild Gallery, W-Y-L-D dot Gallery. Um, it is a Native American art gallery. It is the only gallery in Austin, Texas that features Native American art. Sadly, during this pandemic, they did have to close their physical doors, but they're bringing their art to you. So you can actually look at their art from your home. The art that they have, it um, there's a lot of different styles I've noticed as I've looked at it. Um, a lot of the art I noticed has a lot of color. If you have Native American heritage, or you just love Native American art, or you collect Native American things, these would be lovely paintings to hang in your home. They'd be great paintings to give to someone in your life as a gift who, you know, is Native American, or they have Native American heritage, or again, if they just like Native American art. There are several different kinds of artists. Um, they're all just waiting, you know, probably to catch the eye of somebody and I'm sure they could really use your help with the actual doors being closed right now um, and then virtually they can basically bring all their art to you you can look at it in your home in the privacy of your home for as you know as long as you need to and you can kind of make a decision from there they have uh, art that kind of looks like some of them is sort of almost like illustrations. They have paintings. I'm as I'm look through, I think I wonder if some of them are more like kind of like graphic art. So there are a lot of styles. It's a really neat website to really check out Native American art to really kind of familiarize yourself with Native American heritage. Um, but you can shop there. You can have it shipped to your home. It's wyld.gallery. You can see all the artists. There's a page for all the artists. And you can see what their background is. And what paintings they paintings. What, what paintings they painted. It's. I would consider going to Wild Gallery. For if you are a fan of Native American art again. If you have Native American culture. If you just like art and you want something original and something different to hang in your home, you will find it on Wild Gallery. W-Y-L-D dot gallery. They hope that you come through their virtual doors for this Christmas season. Welcome to the Spoken Word Poetry Podcast. Listen in as poet and artist Ariana R. Cherry features words written from her heart and performed from her soul. Every week, you will hear original poetry spoken through performance art and storytelling. Listen weekly on Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Truth, stories, and poetry. Exactly what the soul needs. Hello. 
Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spoken Word Poetry Meet the Author series. And um, just in case you haven't heard the series before, it's basically just a new series I've added to this podcast um, where I talk to other authors, poets, and artists, and so that you don't have to hear just me on my podcast all the time. And sometimes it helps to see um, other people's um, ways that they um, can interpret things or help make us make our art better. Um, you know, it, you know, talking to Drew tonight um, helped me find some ideas for my poetry, you know, on YouTube and how I can present it differently. And that's how artists and writers, you know, we can all collaborate, you know, to make something even better. And Drew, he was, you know, a great person with these ideas. So make sure that you listen to the full interview. Um, he had some wonderful ideas about presenting poetry on YouTube. Um, Drew is a motivational speaker out of Chicago. And he has a company, Drew Davis Live, where you can also find more about Drew at drewdavislive.com. He is also um, been kind of uh, trying out comedy. He's a storytelling and, um, but he knows since the pandemic, he hasn't been able to, you know, be in front of live audience. So he too is trying to find ways to go virtual and, um, you know, do things on YouTube or, or Zoom. And, you know, we're all kind of struggling during this pandemic, trying, you know, as entertainers, as writers, artists, how to get our, um, our work out there, you know, without actually going out and presenting it to the public in person. And Drew had some wonderful ideas, and I hope that you stay tuned and listen to uh, the interview that I had with Drew Davis. Thank you for tuning in to Spoken Word Poetry Podcast, Meet the Author series. So welcome to Spoken Word Poetry Podcast, Drew. Um, t t today I have got Drew Davis. Um, he is um, from Chicago and um, he is a motivational speaker. He's a comedian. Um, sounds like he's doing a little bit of writing. He has a blog and um, he sounds like he's kind of a jack of all trades almost. So I would like you to meet uh, Drew Davis. Drew, tell you a little, tell us a little about yourself. Well, thank you so much for the, the kind introduction, Ariana, oh, and welcome. for having me. Um, yeah, I, I think like jack of all trades, and I certainly don't want to oversell it, but the idea of being something of a renaissance man has always been really appealing to me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was never someone who was uh, excited about going crazy, crazy deep on one thing, but the idea of dabbling in a bunch of things um, always got me really excited. So yeah, like my, my background has, has been in a number of things, but as a particular pertains to, to the art um, and kind of the content of your, your podcast. I actually um, wrote slam poetry in high school. Oh, that that's was awesome. Like my first exposure to just like uh, finding uh, a voice that was kind of a non-academic essay and doing a couple of little performances and, and feeling how much energy you could put behind words and how that kind of connected with people differently. Um, and then from there, uh, I've done a lot of storytelling. Uh, the comedy thing is relatively new. I got into that um, actually this, this past year. Mm -hmm. That was my answer to like, well, we're all kind of <laughs> pandemic stuff. Yeah. So, so what do I do now? Um, as my best friend, Katie, she always tells me we need all the laughs we can get. So what better place to go into than comedy? <laughs> yeah, no question. Um, 
And and for better or worse, everyone has become so much more comfortable and confident with what Zoom, Skype, Google Hangout, FaceTime, like what you know, whatever your medium is, mm-hmm. you know. It might have been that there was a, a pretty narrow band of people who use those regularly, and now everyone is totally literate, and it makes it so much easier if you want to host a little show or a showcase or, or just work on uh, some material with folks. That's so much so much easier to do. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And as right before I started recording, I was talking to Drew, and uh, he wrote this blog, uh, Five tips for better storytelling and he's pretty much you know you said don't waste your opening line and here I thought you know you know I used to think at least I had about 10 minutes I took speech class in high school I took public speaking in college and you know I know they always said your opening line was important but I used to think I had a lot more time and now Drew says basically we have like six minutes to catch the audience attention but when you're speaking you actually still have a little bit more time because when it comes to the internet you have like I think a minute or 30 seconds to a minute to catch a person's attention with a website so you might be better off speaking than you are trying to catch their attention on the internet yeah that's for sure that's for sure yeah um yeah you know and i imagine like also uh part of part of even the the way in which you right now is about trying to get to kind of the major takeaway because that's ultimately what brings what brings people in to read so i'm sure there are certain contexts in which you could go for for quite some time before you you hook someone Mm -hmm. um but the the point i was drawing and that particular article um, was some reading I did before I started uh, doing a solo show that I was performing, which is that human beings love patterns. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as someone starts speaking or telling a story, we are, even if we don't realize it, looking for the pattern. So it's like, so is this a traditional hero arc? Is this a romance story? Mm-hmm. Is this a triumph? Is this a tragedy? And we naturally start to look for those. And the hook is really about disrupting someone's assumptions Mm -hmm. so you basically get this narrow window of time to kind of set up the context and bring people into your world and then there needs to be some kind of turn or shift in the energy that makes them say oh wait i don't know what's happening next because if they can keep like watching the ball bounce and and kind of figure out where the story's going it's no longer as exciting or or tantalizing as it would otherwise be most definitely. And as you're speaking of this, I started thinking of something in my mind, like if I was to um, getting ready before a poetry reading, no one knows who I am. And, you know, I could start out with something funny and I could like say, you might think I'm the typical, you know, bray wearing coffee person. I'm in the coffee shop all the time, you know, and we'll see. I'm not. <laughs> so, because <laughs> it's just true. I am. I don't visit coffee shops all the time. Coffee hurts my stomach. So, um <laughs> <laughs> so you know but a lot of people kind of stereotype like poets and writers we're hanging out at the coffee shop we got our coffee we got our computers or we got our pencils and paper however we decide to start out and you know and i'd say yeah i could say i'm not your typical beret beret wearing coffee drinker so yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> i mean I, it's a great way because then it creates an anticipation of well what's her poetry about yeah. what's her poetry like how is it how is it different? How do her experiences change the way that she might approach this? And I think like that's, I mean, that's the the piece of performance that I think we all we all crave so much is the opportunity oh, yeah. to be surprised to not know what's going to happen. Oh, for sure. And you know, and here if, during the pandemic, I have 
I used to go out and actually do poetry readings and uh, well, I live in a very small rural area. So I would kind of read at nursing homes because I feel like, you know, that they kind of need it. And, you know, they don't have, some of them may not have a lot of visitors and that's their way of storytelling. And believe it or not, when I used to go with a group of people, they wanted copies of our poems so they could read them later too. And oh, so, nice. but like, I haven't been able to do any of that. And, um, and I even had a whole show put together because I do have a background story. So I used to actually have a poetry uh, performance called uh, Normal Kind of Love. But now I've had to figure out, like, okay, how can I get people's attention on YouTube? So, see, with the pandemic, now we've got a whole different way still uh, trying to catch people's attention on the Internet because their attention span is even shorter. So, like, what is, like, your suggestion since since we're we're not really going out in public a whole lot yet because you can't have crowds of people and um so how as being a public speaker you know a poet you know we see what the musicians are doing obviously they're doing zoom and, and it's working out really well um yeah and you know we could probably do that but then you've got to try to get people to come to your thing and like how do you get them attracted to that like you know because everyone likes music but how do we know they're going to like what we have to say yeah yeah absolutely it's a great it's a great question um it's it's interesting you mentioned that i i too am I'm pretty far down the, the rabbit hole of like, how do I make YouTube a thing? Mm -hmm. um, because I, don't get me wrong, like I mentioned earlier, performances on Zoom, performances on uh, these different pieces of software are like a, a cool and exciting way to continue working on your craft and it, it's exposure to audiences you wouldn't otherwise have. Um, but it, it can be cumbersome trying to quote unquote sell tickets or even kind of drive awareness of, of what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, and YouTube, you know, it's, it's basically a giant search engine. So if you can, can figure out the game, you have a much better chance of, of people actually finding you. Um, the, the best way I can frame it, I think, is that so much of my experience with stories and poems is that the really great ones have an unbelievably clear message mm -hmm. that is never explicitly stated. Um, you know, the, the, it's, it's no fun if at the end of the story, someone's like, so the moral is here's exactly what I learned and how you should apply it in life. Mm. Because the, the value of the story is allowing people to explore the moral as they feel it or to find the moment where it kind of most resonates with them. Mm -hmm. Um, the challenge is to be found on YouTube. You have to break that rule and you have to very explicitly explain why someone would want to be there. Yeah. Now, what's cool is like, if you have a poem and to you, it always makes you feel calm. Like your video could be like how to find one minute of calm in your day. Oh. And it's just like you and a little piece of music and that poem. Mm -hmm. And again, like they're not, they're not sure what to expect, but they know that they would love a minute of calm in their hectic day. Mm -hmm. And now it's less relevant that it's poetry, but you're still creating a, a, a space for them to be in and to, and to have that experience. And mm -hmm. so, it's been kind of like re rewiring my thinking around like oh, I'm wow. so used to not trying to not give away kind of like the arc or what I'm trying to to drive at. But with yeah. YouTube, you kind of have to go the other way and almost go like so obvious and so clear. But like I'm telling the story to drive this point yeah. like in bold highlights. Um, but then you can still kind of tell your story in a way that's that's meaningful and authentic. Um, and again, like I have a, a couple of pieces of, of evidence here and there that that seems to be working as a as a starting place and mm -hmm. i'm hopeful that I'll, I'll learn more as i kind of continue to do more of that 
Wow. In, in a way, like you're you're still kind of going with what YouTube says, but then you're still kind of going against it too. Because like when I'm trying to figure out how to get people to my YouTube videos, you know, they say, you know, people want to know what they're looking for. So you should probably put that it's spoken word poetry or you should put a poem. And I'm like, oh, and then you oh. said, then you said, no, you should just like, you know, like one minute of calm. And I'm like, oh crap. So, <laughs> so you, you well, kind of, just, you kind of break the rules a little, which is good. Cause then they're kind of still surprised, but then I'm thinking, well, what if they click on it and they're like, well, this isn't what I wanted to hear. So how do you catch yeah. their attention? Because some people don't like poetry and I'm trying to get that back out there. Cause, oh my gosh, like in my area, um, mostly people that like it are older, like sure. talking senior citizens. Um, it's not a big thing with uh, the 20 to 40 year old range. Um, that has been my difficult thing in this area. So, so someone clicks on my video and then they're just like, nope. And then they click away. So how do you hold their attention? Oh, that's a great question. Well, so um, I have a, a couple of thoughts. One one being like, I think actually the, the one of the biggest pieces is like accepting that what you do can't be for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so there, there has to be some percentage who gets there and it's like, man, no thanks. Mm -hmm. And like, I look at, I would try and distinguish between like who's showing up and saying like, Oh, cool. Not for me versus like, I actively dislike this. This is bad. Mm -hmm. um, and like, whatever the internet has, it's, it's troll hobbles and oh, things yeah. of that nature. Um, but I think in the grand scheme of things, if someone again, like was came search seeking, calm or inspiration mm -hmm. or, or, you know, kind of whatever the keyword hook that you put in. Um, and then heard you say a poem, you know, it's like, it seems unlikely that they would kind of have that like negative vitriolic. Yeah. Hiss, I don't like it versus just like, eh, like it's a pass. It's not for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think what, what would be cool is, or sorry, I hope I'm making sense. No, so you like, are. Yeah. I think, rather than thinking about keeping attention within the video, mm -hmm. like let the video be itself, let the poem kind of stand on its, its own. Sure. I, I think where there might be more valuable energy invested is like, what are the ways that that person can then immediately get more of that and continue to watch? And like, so is it that you have a playlist of poems? Is it that like you have different avenues for them to come and come and find you? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like, I think, Netflix has clearly figured this out. We love binging. Oh yeah, totally. Like when we find something we want, we don't really want to think about it. We just want to keep consuming more and more of the thing. Uh -huh. um, and so my question would, would not necessarily be like, what are the tricks to keep people engaged within the video? Um, and I'll confess this is my own ignorance. I'm not sure how long your poetry is. Um, like, just it just depends. I can't tell you because um, some are longer and some are shorter. I don't really have sure. an, one a certain length. So... What would you say the longest is? Well, since I know how short people's attention spans are, when um, the longest one of my poems are is just a little bit over two minutes. But then if I add any of, you know, course sponsors or whatnot, the whole podcast itself is maybe five or six minutes. So um, I try to keep everything short. This because, and I noticed since I've done, done that, um, I have, oh my gosh, a lot more listeners so now that I'm introducing this, I'm really throwing them off guard with the Meet the, meet the Author series. <laughs> They're a little bit longer. So I'm trying to, but I'm still trying to keep their interest too as well for something different, just in case they're, I don't know, just so it's not me all the time. Sure, but, sure. Um, but yeah, probably the longest is between one to two minutes um, just for me to read my poem. But I kind of perform it. I don't 
just read it. I try to put um, emotion behind it and expression, and I find some kind of background music. Because um, I was in drama throughout high school, and I, well, life happened, but I would have liked to pursue more of theater. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of get, I'm not like over the over the top dramatic, but I get a little theatrical. So um, I'm that's why I'm more or less acting out my poem in a way. So I think that's why people are listening. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and so again, like I see sort of two roads to go down, which I think could be kind of fun. One mm -hmm. is like, have you played with eye contact at all? Um, I try. I'm really bad because see, I when I look, it, my webcam is on my laptop. So then I have to look at myself. I hate looking at myself in the mirror. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I know yeah, a lot yeah. of people kind of don't, they get kind of uncomfortable unless they're actually actively doing something like brushing their teeth or the women are putting on makeup. We really don't like to look at ourselves. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally true. But again, like if you're looking for a way to, to kind of put hooks into someone, if uh -huh. they really, particularly if you're already like, to me, the harder part is actually building the energy into the emotion. Mm -hmm. I think that's something a lot of people have more difficulty access. Uh -huh. uh, wow, accessing. There we go. Um, the the eye contact one, like there's internal like squirminess for mm -hmm. sure. But if you can overcome that, like I think all of a sudden your video becomes that much more powerful because now you're you're sending all of that emotion and the care behind the words you've chosen mm -hmm. kind of directly to that person, and that may make them feel something more intensely than they would have otherwise. Yeah. Um, like there's another version, which I, I would be curious to see how it would work. Like uh, I think this idea of kind of like micro breaks, micro is something breaks. That people are, are getting more excited about. Like, uh -huh. I, you know, I don't have time to go take a 20 minute walk or go get lunch or whatever, but like, I just need a two minute reset mm -hmm. between like task A and B or just from task A. Oh, sure. Kind of like in at work, I know, like a quick break real quick. Yeah, it's yeah. just a mental reset, like particularly yeah. when we're all staring at screens all day because we can't sure. go into the office. Um, so like another thing that, that could be kind of cool is like, so you keep the music and the energy, you keep um, like all of that. And then the the video itself could be like a really beautiful still frame, mm -hmm. um, just like a picture of nature or, or something that you find that matches the energy of the poem. Mm -hmm. And you put a little instruction thing on the bottom that says, this is like a two minute little meditation like just put this like put this all over your screen so there's no other notifications or distractions mm -hmm. and like just look at the picture and hear the words and like again the 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 youtube mentality is like what am i getting out of this or like how is this entertaining to me mm -hmm. and again poetry may not be the first answer yeah but if they're thinking like man i just want that two minute reset mm -hmm. and now they're kind of greeted with like this really nice music and a, a pretty image and this really cool poem like that it's going, it, it gives you an opportunity to kind of like get them to poetry oh, sure. through the side door. That's kind of cool because that's a neat idea because some people already, you know, do that with like meditation videos. You know, they'll have a totally. pretty picture or some soundtrack or nature soundtrack or whatever. And mm -hmm. yeah, and then they drag, you know, they bring them in that way. And I never thought about doing that with poetry. So that's a really good idea. And a lot of people are looking for it, particularly now. Like I, I have to imagine meditation or mindfulness mm -hmm. uh, are, are both pretty, pretty heavy search terms. Oh yeah. In Google and YouTube right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, like, why not, why not play with, play with the other fish? Yeah, that, you have some really great ideas. I yeah. told you, I've been a little bit down a rabbit hole. So, like, I'm happy <laughs> that you're, 
they're uh, coming across well to you. And by all means, I, I hope you use them and I would love to hear how it goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely would have to find, I've, I have written several poems, so I definitely have to go through like my collection and see what would fit like the quote, like meditative kind of like, you know, way, you know, to make it pretty with, you know, a picture. I'm not saying my poems aren't pretty. I have, I write in all kinds of uh, styles. Um, but yeah, but that, that would probably be the first, thing to tackle and then go from there i'm pretty good with graphics and music so um, awesome i feel like that would be the harder part for most for most poets oh no i i love but picking again, you're not a typical poet no i'm not <laughs> i i you know i do a lot of nature photography photography so like i have oh my gosh like when i think of calm and, and like meditative i immediately go to nature i don't know if that's what everybody else mm. thinks but i have tons of nature photographs that i have taken myself Amazing. and that's um, awesome yeah i i'm a kind of like you i'm jack of all trades i do a little bit of this and that um so <laughs> um so yeah um and i i like everything you have to say um okay i usually let's see i probably have another what 10 15 minutes maybe i i'd kind of like um i want to let everyone know about your website drewdavislive.com we were talking about your blog um topic five tips for better storytelling um so if anyone wants to actually go to that it's a really great article drewdavislive.com slash um five slash tips you know for better storytelling um but you can probably find it if you google that pretty easily uh -huh. um and i see that you have some videos um on there well i haven't had a chance to click through those yet um i'm kind of a reader at first i, I like to read so i that's why i kind of stumbled on your blog first um but yeah, there's a lot of good information about Drew. Um, so how are you getting through the pandemic being an entertainer? I didn't know if maybe you had like a, a day job because I have a day job. Um, so I didn't know, like, has this affected you a lot? So are you just kind of like everyone else finding different venues to to catch people's attention still? Because I see, you know, you used to, you know, actually be out in Chicago. You were on the stage, but obviously a lot of your shows got canceled. Um, yeah. So, so how is being an entertainer? Because like poets, artists, we've all had to find a different way to get our work out there. So, what are you doing? Yeah, it's oh, a great question. Um, the the biggest thing for me was continuing to find a way to create, even if I didn't have kind of like the pressure of a goal or an impending performance, mm -hmm. which like for better or worse is definitely how I prefer to operate. Sure. Um, I like a little bit of the adrenaline and like, I, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I was definitely not the like 3am night before mm -hmm. cram guy. That oh, was yeah. too stressful. But like, I definitely liked having the test so I could do like, I'm going to study all this, take the test and then be done and like move forward. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so that's part of the reason like comedy came into the picture, just having a totally different modality. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and really what was cool, um, when I was doing the storytelling, like the storytelling shows, uh, particularly the solo shows, like those were 45 minutes to an hour long. Oh, wow. Um, so there's so much room to play with the, the arc and like for better or worse in person, like the audience is there. <laughs> so you can, <laughs> you can play a little bit more with like how people stay engaged or, or follow the different storylines and with comedy, uh -huh. you know, like you're writing by the sentence. And you're looking for like, where's like, what's the, what's the tag for this joke? Or like, what's the punchline? Or like, how long can the buildup really go? Mm -hmm. And it's such a, again, it's just such a different kind of uh, time frame to be thinking in. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it was really beneficial to both my stories. And it was just really fun to kind of explore that as a different, um, a different idea. Uh, of course. But I want to get 
get back to your question, I did a whole bunch of virtual performances. I found uh, groups that were still doing storytelling or, or comedy online. I did mm-hmm. a lot of uh, virtual open mics. Um, and like, if I'm speaking candidly, like I don't love the format. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really it's really hard, particularly with comedy. Like so much of comedy is is reading the energy of the room oh, yeah. and timing. And when there's like a half second lag because of Zoom, and you're not sure if like no one's laughing or they didn't get it, or oh, yeah. like it basically scrapes out like the middle sixty percent. You either knew something did really poorly or really well. So yeah. like you got some feedback, but mm-hmm. you're missing just just so much of it. Yeah. Um, or I was going to say you might have frozen up on the screen and people didn't hear it. Totally, totally. <laughs> and then you're in that like awkward <laughs> space of like, uh, like I thought that was very funny. Did you think it was funny? Like I hope so. If not, I'm like moving on. I guess. Um, yeah, it's just bizarre. Um, but like that's that's all the more reason why I think I've. Uh, spent more time kind of investigating what a YouTube existence looks like. Um, And even just going through the exercise of like, who has uh, a channel that I think is really awesome? Mm -hmm. Like who is creating art or content in a way that I think would be exciting or inspiring to, to follow or, or do my own on take on. Mm -hmm. Um, And that at least feels like it has a more promising path forward. um, And that both like if you can build like that community you're following online, like that has lots of different avenues. Oh, that, that people most have definitely. Out. I've done the um, same and, thing. Yeah. I've looked for like poets and I see how they present their work and yeah, you, you need somebody you can kind of follow off of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, and the other thing that I've been thinking a lot about, um, are you familiar with humble the poet? I think I might've heard heard of that i've been looking for them on spotify for spoken word poets and i don't know if he was on there or not so maybe he's on youtube yeah he uh, he may be on spotify he's definitely on youtube uh-huh. and he has kind of a, a super interesting background and he's he's written a couple of books mm-hmm. um but he kind of created this model that i think is super interesting which is that he would um create like uh, i think it's on indiegogo he would basically say like i'm gonna do a show in detroit I need people to prepay for the tickets so that I can actually then book the venue. Mm. Um, but like, that was how he used his community. It was less about like buy my book or, or mm-hmm. watch this ad or download this thing. He got really energized by doing live performances of mm-hmm. his music and his poetry and his books for people and kind of rewired how he thought about selling tickets. Sure, that's like, awesome. I've been super interested in, in trying to kind of build a little engine that could do do something like that great that's awesome yeah um i'm not trying to rush you i think i've got like probably a little less than five minutes so um i'm always on yeah so um i wanted you know again let everyone know about your website drewdavislive.com and where else can people find you online or do you have merchandise do you have books um what what how can they find you yeah, uh, the, the website is definitely the best place. I have uh, an Instagram that I update poorly. <laughs> so it's okay. I'm not really good either. To even, even offer it. <laughs> um, but that, that website is where I'm, I'm really hopeful to start pouring in mm-hmm. some of this creative work. And if the YouTube thing takes off, all the videos would ultimately link back to that website and awesome. you'll be able to find them there as well. So that's Great. an easy one-stop shop for everyone. Oh, great. I'm so glad to hear. And I'm so glad that I got to talk to you. Um, I found um, your biography where I found you very interesting. And I like that you were somewhat local. I'm in Arthur. I'm like, 
three hours more south of you and you're more north of me oh, cool. so i was like oh good you know someone local sort of so <laughs> so I, I actually you're probably the second person in the illinois area that i have had on my podcast so Very cool. yeah it's pretty awesome so thank you for letting me interview you thank you for all of your suggestions um and it's been a pleasure and um, I hope to see more of your stuff online. And, and if this series goes well, who knows, maybe I'll ask you back. That would be fantastic. Awesome. So thank you for coming out tonight, Drew. And, um, and I will uh, end this interview here. Thanks, Ariana. You're welcome. Bye-bye. If you are enjoying listening to Spoken Word Poetry Podcasts, then you just might enjoy poetry written by Ariana R. Cherry. You can buy her books on Amazon. Visit her website at arianarcherry.wordpress.com.